the Resilient Disciples Podcast, powered by Awana. I'm Ross Cochran, and I am so glad you're here today. Mitchell Street Hymns West is back on the podcast today to pick up the conversation from where we started a few months ago. If you haven't heard of Street Hymns yet, you are about to become a fan of his ministry, just like I have become, and just like everyone who ever gets the chance to hear him speak. I'll let him explain his ministry in a second, but what I want you to pay attention to in the interview is that even though his ministry is very specific, it involves juvenile detention centers and battle rap, the principles of child discipleship that we talk about every week on this podcast can be plainly seen throughout his ministry. I start by asking him about that. I asked him how he makes the case to others about the need for intentional child discipleship to happen everywhere not just within the four walls of his church. And I think you're going to like his response. Thanks for listening to the Resilient Disciples Podcast. The simple answer is the Bible. <laughs> you just go, gotta go far, man. Like, the Acts Church was on the move. It wasn't centered around the building. Yep. And, you know, we, we it's almost to the point where it, to even say this is a cliche within the church. We all know, you know, when we're talking about, you know, people who go through church hurt, our first defense is like, you know, well, the church is not the building, it's the people and people are flawed. So, you know, you're going to be hurt by people because people make mistakes, you know, but that is, does not sum up the church itself as a community and a body under Christ, you know? And so we understand that the church is not the building, but the cliche still doesn't have us in unison desiring to go out. Heck, Lucia. So it's interesting. Like I've, I've always wondered what if a pastor decided to go on a pulpit on a Sunday and say, all right, everyone, we're going to all get up. We're going to go around the corner and we're going to evangelize whoever we see who will come back next week. That's <laughs> uncomfortable. Yeah. That is it's like, Oh man, you know, I'm not, I'm, that's not me. That's not my lane. I mean, that's, that's up to the who to the evangelists. Come on, man. Like, so, so it's just interesting, you know, and I feel like that is the purpose of why Awana is so important because the real risk takers are children. The real risk takers are youth. Then you start going to millennials, but, but it's really Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Jesus didn't choose anybody that was a boomer to follow him. Jesus didn't choose any, like he, he really didn't choose any millennials. Mm-hmm. He chose Gen Z. This is 13 to 22 years old. That's Gen Z right now. Yeah. That's who he chose to be responsible for the most important message ever. Not to say that the millennials, the boomers, and everyone above shouldn't be doing evangelism or promoting, and but like, if the children truly are the future, and more importantly, the present, we should be promoting our disciples to be the ones that are the forerunners for this. Amen. What does it look like to have someone who is 16 years old 
who's been following you around or 20 years old, like a Peter, someone who's quick at the mouth, reckless. You know what I'm saying? You don't know. You really don't know what you're going to get. But one thing you understand, he is zealous. What does it look like to have them on the stage, them on the podcast, them on the like, 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 like to involve them in the aspect, but it's, it's, it's tough because it's like, man, that means I have to, for the, for the older people, it's like, I got to give up my platform. I got to give up the, the, the mantle. And it's like, Oh, they're not ready. Like it came to a certain point. Jesus was like, I'm leaving this up to y'all. I'm out. We as a church know how to teach We're very good at teaching. Like teaching is like, that's the first thing on everybody's list. It's like, Oh, if you go to church, how's the teaching? Yep. I'm like, man, what if you can go to church that disciples you well, teach you how to be a better, uh, 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 in your family, teach you how to serve, teach you how to give, teach you how to worship. And the teaching was all right. Would you go? Typically the answer would be no. Cause we are okay. such a cerebral culture. It's all about what you know up here and all this. It's like, man, y'all are missing the spiritual aspect of things. And so, at a certain point we've taught what we can teach trusting that our disciples will take the lead. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and take the baton and run with it. And they're zealous to run, mm-hmm. but we're not giving them the direction to run because we're not trusting them. And it really just shows we are trusting of ourselves because totally. we're the ones who are teaching them. And so for me, I'm like, man, uh, for discipleship to truly be exemplified in the church, we got to work with and through the next generation. You know what I'm saying? This is me saying this is a 30 year old. You know, I had the opportunity to be someone who my pastor, my youth pastor promoted me. My youth pastor, like put me in a position to where it's like, yo, I'm going to let you be responsible for what we taught you. Mm-hmm. And then consistently showing me, what the theological concepts were doctrine was um, how to serve, how to love showing up to my high school and then allowing us to, yo, this is what evangelism looks like. We're going to come to your school. And we're like, those things helped me out at such an early stage that it really was a current stage and not early because the early was the now we would call it early based on my age. It's like, man, like, man, such an early time you're, you're on fire for Christ. It's like, what was it early for Peter? Yeah. Was it, was it, was it early for Matthew? Was it early for like, like, like this is, that was the now they were men back then. You know what I'm saying? Like the the culture considered them men. You couldn't tell them they weren't grown men. They were grown men in their eyes. They all have responsibilities, jobs, trades. And then Jesus is like, all right, bet now follow me. Mm -hmm. So I think that, in the midst of saying, follow me, uh, promoting discipleship outside the four walls, the quickest way to do so is to reach the kids who are already on the platforms to do so. They're already half our kids are going viral on, uh, you know, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube randomly, you know what I'm saying? For some random things. And then they also like, what if we, Hey, you know, I'm going to help you out and empower you to do these things. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and you already know, you know, what is, what is a kindred uh, topic within our hearts, which is the gospel. So, you know, in the midst of allowing you to have the resources 
we're now going to give you the resources to do a better video than what you did before, a better podcast than what you did before, a better uh, athletic display of what you were doing before. Like giving, like when you allow the resources to be put out towards the youth, they don't feel as though they're not a part of the system. They're not a part of the body. And so when you feel a part of the body, you don't desire to break apart. Yeah. Even when it's time to move on or move towards the next phase of your life, whether it be through marriage, whether it be through college, whether it be through whatever, it's like, nah, this was true. This was real. And this was culture. This was my lifestyle. And totally. I was promoted in that. I know that was a long little segment, but yeah. Oh man, that was great. You, like I, I couldn't agree more. And I think what it, what I appreciate the most about it is one, it reflects the urgency of the moment, right? Like we now have data to show that worldview is shaped by the age of 13 for 95, 97% of us. Like whatever you think about the world by the time you're 13 is what you're going to think about the world when you're an adult. And it really, I mean, I'm a story of this, right? But it really takes an act of God to reach an adult who didn't have a fundamental Christian uh, context as a child. But what I also love about what you're describing is the world that our kids are going into, Gen Z is going into 2050 and beyond, as we like to call it here at Awana, looks so much different than the world of 1990, where we were coming from. So of course we should empower our kids now. Of course, we should give away the resources that we have. Of course, we should provide the leadership and wisdom that we have because they need the training now for what the world is going to look like in 2050. And I would just implore folks who are listening to pay attention to, this is a very um, non-elegant uh, way to describe it, but like pay attention to a guy who's doing the thing, right? One of the things that is so impactful about your ministry is you are doing that exact thing with kids you are saying yeah you're in the studio just like i'm in the studio you're in the studio just like insert whatever your favorite artist is is in the studio you sound like them we mixed it so that it has that high of a quality but it's your story mm. and you know i think about you use tiktok as an example like i think there's so much fear that adults that we old people um, you and I are the same age, although you look about 50 years younger, which is a separate issue. Uh, <laughs> uh, that we as old people have this like, you know, I don't, know, I don't understand TikTok. But whenever I see what some of those TikTok evangelists do, my brain is just amazed by the creativity. Like I would never come up with that. And I've had social media manager on my resume more, than, more times than I could count. You know what's interesting, man? Um, yeah. There was a retreat that my friend threw, and he gathered majority of the people you're probably mentioning, these Christian TikTok influencers. And then I asked one of my close friends, I was like, what was the dynamic of their life amongst the church? A lot of them are not really a part of local churches and don't even understand doctrine. Now, this shouldn't scare you. This speaks to the statistics. Yeah. What it should do is it's like, yo, how come they don't got, like, it's, it's, it's almost like whenever an athlete comes out and they're fresh out of high school and they're about to be the next big thing, 
who's the first Nike, Adidas, Puma? Man, we got to get them on our team. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's the same type of energy. Which It's like, yo, how come we, not to say we're attracted to the influencers, but we're, it's like, yo, we want to make sure that you're able to do what you do at such a high level and yeah. you never have to worry about resource being an issue, image being an issue. You know, all you have to do is exemplify what you're already doing. And we're going to be there as a support system. We're going to help you sign this contract and say, hey, here's some things we're allowing liberty. And then also, man, let's not do these things because your public image is important when you're associated to this brand. Same thing with the gospel. It's like, yo, you're already an athlete. We're an athletic brand. All we're going to do is we're going to make you the best you you can be in whatever you're already doing. And so, man, it's, it's, if we were to, if, if every church was to go through and cast, you know, we, we do this every Easter play, your Easter play, you're going to see the Easter play happen. And then they're going to cast out the, the roles for it. The last place you start casting is a youth ministry. That's where you should be doing it. If we're casting out the actors for this, this play of the greatest message on earth, and then we're saying, man, we got to make sure the kids are getting inspired. Well, in the family service where everybody's seeing that same message, because y'all don't got the youth ministry going on during Easter service, how much more impactful would it be to see these youth up on the stage? Yep. That's what it looked like. Historically yeah. speaking, accurately, <laughs> yeah, yeah. biblically. <laughs> but we're going to, you know, man, you know, it's this, we got to, we got to put on, it's like, no, it's all about giving up the mantle. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, there's such a joy in that too. There's such a joy in saying, man, I desire that you do this better than me. That's what Jesus said Yeah, about his own disciples. He's like, yo, you'll be able to look at a mountain and tell him this is nothing. Yep. Jesus is telling you that the miracle signs and wonders he did is nothing in compared to what y'all finna do. If Jesus himself desired that the works that he did are even more amplified through his teachings and his disciples, we should have that much joy to say, all right, bet when I let go of the reins, do it big. Yep. Cause that's my desire. And that support still looks like all of the things that you're doing with kids right now who have, you know, no followers on Instagram, right? Like uh, I heard John Tyson say, just st- statistically, there's going to be somebody, a kid right now, who's going to have a billion followers on YouTube, right? Just the size of the platform. Like, so John's point, which is exactly what you're saying as well, is like, so how do I make sure that that kid reflects Jesus and everything that they do? Because that kid's going to have a bigger platform than every church in America put together. <laughs> So how do I make sure that that kid reflects Jesus in the way that you do that person who's listening to the podcast is you treat every kid like they're going to have that platform. Mm, that's big because like, and what you said too about doing it better. Like there's just, there's so many simple examples like this, right? Like I remember the first time I beat my dad at a sport, right? We're playing one-on-one the first time I beat him. Right. And there's that moment where his pride is like, Oh man, but then every other ounce of him is like celebrating because it's this moment of, you know, 
discipleship. And I'm not that- This is the way it works. This is how it's supposed to be. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. If you're anything like me, whether you're a parent or a grandparent or a ministry leader, you've probably asked the question, am I adequately preparing my kids for the future of the faith? That's why I'm so excited to tell you about Bright. Bright, that's B-R-I-T-E, digital curriculum provides an on-demand experience to help kids become lifelong followers of Jesus. The gospel-focused teaching with biblically sound lessons allows children to explore the Bible cover to cover, helping them discover Jesus through scripture memorization, engaging media, and practical challenges and activities. This all-digital resource is flexible and adaptable, complete with PDF teaching guides, printable activity pages, and weekly videos for children. Head to brightcurriculum.com slash free sample to download a free four-week sample right now and learn more about how today's kids are the bright future of the church. to, you know, one of the things that I think is so key for discipleship to truly happen everywhere is for us to stop treating kids like they have a junior version of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And person who's listening to this, right, you get it, right? Because you wouldn't be listening to Street and I talk for this long if you weren't already sold out to this, right? There's other Amen. things you're doing with your time. But the question I have for you is obviously you are so passionate about this. You, are, you have this laser focus calling on what God has placed on your life. How do you begin to translate that to other folks who are slower to pick it up? How do you, you know, for the person who's listening to this, who's like, my pastor wants to be uh, at the center of the Easter play, right? Or like those kind of simple examples, like you're mentioning, how do you begin to change the conversation in a particular context? Yeah, well, you know, to think that it all will change through one board meeting, or a conference call, you know, it's definitely not that easy, but the simplest way to start is in your own household. You know, that's truly where it starts, man. And your kids already have these questions. They just don't know to ask them. You know, it's like, it's, 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 it's the weirdest thing to, to grow up being taught something and then never being allowed to see it you know Mm. whether it be finally realizing the hypocrisy in your parents it's like man i was told this the whole time but kind of find out you you were doing this it's like wait what yeah you know so when we're told like hey the historicity in the church we're we're taught this great doctrine we're taught these great things and it's like wait but how come every picture i see of the disciples are with gray hair how come, you know, it's, it's just, it's just, that's the, that's the art. That's like the, that's even what we do now, you know, not even on a racial stance. I'm, I'm more so you can make Jesus white all you want, at least make the disciples young. I'm, I think that's, that I feel like that's even more important right now because the kids are filled. If disconnected. I may, just really quickly, if I may, please don't make Jesus white. Uh, oh yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I hear yeah. you, but let, let's, let's not make Jesus. <laughs> side, side note. <laughs> I'm just like, but, but, but my heart behind that is saying like the, the intensity behind the youth being able to see the gospel played out in a natural context to where they can relate to it is so important for their own growth. And then their own inspiration saying, wait, 
that's just like me. We can't keep telling them, oh yeah, don't let them despise you for your youth. And they're being despised for the youth in every single image. Yep. Be like David, you know what I'm saying? With young David, it's like, okay, I can relate to young David. Well, how come David isn't young when y'all cast him? You know what I'm saying? How come, how come I don't see young David? Who is a young David? You know? And so I think it like it starts in the household, starts with your own children, starts in your own context where it's like, all right, what are the kids who are around me? How can I amplify them? You know, amplifying those who are around you is discipleship. Yeah. It's like, yo, I'm teaching you how to be a better you. That's discipleship because that calls you to be a better you in itself. Yeah. Cause you want to be the best you to teach them how to be a better them. And so it, it works full circle. Discipleship causes the people who are the disciplers to get on their P's and Q's. Cause it's like, man, like I'm, I'm responsible for this. You know, it's, it's like, it's like the, uh, I've, I've never known how true this story is, but just the aspect of like the Billy Graham story where, you know, there was an old guy fishing at a pond, you know, he always said the gospel message and it, it ended up reaching Billy Graham, mm -hmm. you know, like what if you were able to be the person who reached the Billy Graham or the person who reached the billion, like reached the kid who ends up reaching a billion. Yep. Like, like that is, what it means to say, all right, bet. I may not have the zeal anymore. I may not have the legs anymore, but I can train the one who that, that does. Yep. I can help the one who may, you know what I'm saying? And so, totally. uh, I don't know what it looks like. Cause as, as far as like within the, the, the convincing this message, because the tough part is, I think we can look at statistics. We can look at, we can look and say, all right, bet. Um, we can either work with Kanye West or let him go out and, and, and do it on his own. Right. We can work with Bieber or let him go out and do it on his own. We can work with Chance, let him go out and do it on his own. It's going to get done. Yeah. Like, like Gen Z's not waiting for us. They're going to do what they're going to do. Imagine if they had the covering. Yeah. So we can avoid the conversations. We can make it seem like, oh yeah, but but let's stick with this. What's the rubric set? What's what's our? Uh, that's that's not on the that's not on the itinerary. Cool. They don't care about that. We've been teaching them this entire time. The church is not the four walls. So why do they care about the four walls anymore now? Yep. I've got my own church with my own followers, and they listen to whatever I say. Yep. They're gonna do it no matter what. So their perspective and their character has not been built up yet. They have the platform. So what they need is people willing to come in, mentor and disciple them so that their character is sharp, their mental is sharp, their spiritual is sharp, and they're able to be the best they can be for the people that are interested in hearing what they have to say. So I think they're just showing people the statistics and then starting in your own household because they're going to do it, whether we do, whether we help them out or not. That's two great steps, man. Um, I want to land the plane because you've been very generous with your time, but there's one last thing that I want to sort of drill in on, which is, you know, we've talked a lot around here. We talk about child discipleship as belong, highly relational, believe deeply scriptural and become highly experiential. We've talked about a lot about belong. We've talked a lot about become, 
And we've talked about belief plenty. I loved your answer before of start with the Bible. You don't have to go far, right? (laughs) But as someone who is spending the amount of time invested in Gen Z that you are, I think the the extension of what you're talking about of Gen Z is going to do what they're going to do. Without the church's investment, what does Gen Z believe about themselves? What are the messages that they are hearing from other parts of the world that right now the church is sort of seeding the ground in that conversation? Because I think there's this often this mistake to assume that culture, that culture is neutral, right? A Barna study from a few years ago suggested that 50% of kids believe it is wrong to share their beliefs with someone in hopes that they will change their beliefs, right? Essentially, she's saying that it's wrong to um, evangelize, right? That is a fundamental failure in discipleship because it assumes that somebody else isn't trying to disciple the kid, right? As a cultural translator, for lack of a better term for you, what do kids believe about themselves if the church doesn't step in to point out to them what the Bible actually says about who they are? Well, a couple things. First, we grew up in a context where we could just hit the streets and be like, you see somebody crying, you be able to communicate. Do you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Mm. It's a wrap. We know where the conversation is going. Yeah. You got a convert, right? Mm-hmm. You can't do that nowadays. These kids don't know Jesus. There's not a context for Jesus because the context they have is whatever I believe is true. Yeah. Because I believe it, it is my truth. So the danger in that is whenever your truth is challenged, which it's interesting. It's almost like a picking and choosing of when it's offensive and when it's progressive to have your truth challenged. Cause it doesn't seem like there's a, there's any type of drawback or held back punches when it comes to challenging aspects of the church and Christian church specifically. But when we simply, simply can quote a scripture and then be told, Hey, whoa, 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 you're being a little too offensive. It's like, all I did was quote a scripture. This is God saying this. This isn't me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it's offending my truth. Therefore it's like, man. So if we don't eat them in and then in a loving way, communicate the message of Jesus, because as critical as Jesus was with the Pharisees who we end up saying in Matthew 12, 13, y'all are going to hell. Simple as that. You know what I'm saying? You just said I, the works I do are through bills above. Yeah. Yeah. It's a wrap for y'all. This evil generation desires a sign, but y'all are going to hell. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, Oh, show us one more sign. Savior. Eh. The only one you're going to get is a sign of Jonah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like he literally, and then from there he switched his message to parables. He was kind of, he's really, really, Jesus was, Jesus was real. He was a G. But the one-on-one interactions he had, there were always conversions. Yeah. Every one-on-one interaction Jesus had, there was a conversion. Except for Satan, by you know, of course. But like, so us being able to say, all right, bet. Yes, we can communicate on a broad level and a, and a wide level. Yes, we can say something that will offend half the world and 
get the other half of the world to riot for us, but let's not forget the individual. Mm. So allowing us to be less social and be more intent driven because it's easy to say, all right, bet. Whenever I say something, I'm going to say this in front of a thousand to a hundred thousand people. Cool. Bet. Then I'll have those thousand to hundred thousand engage. And I'll look at my engagement, look at my insights, look at my statistics and things like that. But the individual is never reached. We're in a place in culture where we can be around social people full of individuals and still all be on our phones. So I think that we have to encourage and start with ourselves because we've picked up these same habits as well to get back to the individual. Because in the same way, someone can call themselves a Christian. That means two different things, to two different people. In the same way, someone can call themselves an agnostic person. We can't think, okay, well, that means you believe this because I saw a video. No. Oh, uh, well, someone says LGBTQ community. Oh, well, well, it means you're this because I seen a meme. It's like, yo, we have to diversify how we're learning, who we're learning from, because if we're not in tune with what is out there, then what is out there will be dangerous for those who have been held back from that knowledge their entire life or not informed that the knowledge is out there. And so it's like, well, this shakes my whole worldview now because I, because it seems like y'all were hiding this from me, you know, like it's, it's, it's the difference of, would you rather talk about sex with your children or would you rather them hear it in a locker room? Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's understanding like we have to be the filter for them. We have to be the gauge where it's like, yo, this is out there for me to act like it's not, I would not be doing my job, you know, but the most important thing we can do is individually work with them to work with individuals. Cause we can all be cool socially, but like we can all get canceled socially. But at the end of the day, when it all comes down to it, who's going to be that person that comes to you one-on-one and say, man, how can I pray for you? You know, so uh, I don't know if that's the, it's a blanket statement, but I, I, I feel like we all have to, this is all, all, all our generations, Gen Z, Gen, whatever, you can boom it up. I don't know, but all of us have to get back to like, you know, individual interaction because individual interaction, person to person is where we see not just conversion, but that's where we actually see discipleship happening, you know, um, it's hard to say you're discipling somebody. You don't know their name. We think we can disciple, you know, like a a pastor is a shepherd, you know what I'm saying? Like, like to say he's discipling everyone. You have to know somebody, man. Yeah. You gotta have that interaction. You gotta have that personal interaction. It's something about that personal interaction. And so as we're teaching them what discipleship looks like, they gotta be able to distinguish. Okay. Yes. This is teaching. This is shepherding. This is evangelism. And this is discipleship. Discipleship is going to take us communicating, hanging out, and doing life on life. And we first have to show them that before we tell them that. Mm 
The Resilient Disciples podcast is powered by Awana. Thanks to the donations of generous folks like you, Awana partners with 62,000 churches in 130 countries to make resilient disciples. When you give to Awana, you are investing in lasting faith, young people who will engage the culture with the gospel and fearlessly lead the church into the future. To make a donation to this mission, go to awana.org slash lasting faith today. Subscribe to the podcast today so you never miss an episode and check out the show notes of today's episode for relevant links from this conversation. The podcast is mixed, edited, produced, and hosted by me, Ross Cochran. Our theme song is Fresh Air by Christian hip-hop artist Josiah Williams and hits by Jude. You also heard I'll Let Go, provided by Josiah Williams from his album Rerouting 2. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.